This is Making Light. Julie Hurt and Kate Fogger are soul-level intuitives and animal communicators. This show is about us sharing our experiences in the hope it will help others along their path. So let's go make some light. Hello, everybody. I'm Kate Fogger. This is Julie Hurt. And together, we are making light to humans being so we realized or rather julie realized as we were setting up for this that obviously now that we're like all over the place on podcasts and that we may be getting new new readers new readers start here so we thought we'd better do a new reader start here and explain a little bit about what we do for the different episodes so i'm going to try and do it really briefly if i mess it up we'll get julie to take over but <laughs> essentially what we've been doing is choosing a theme um for each month and this month we are I've forgotten. You've chosen bravery this month I've of October I've been on holiday. I can't remember anything. I've been on holiday. Right, we're, so bravery, and we're actually looking. So we take what we call a workaround. So workaround is really any behavior that um, people do in order to alleviate the stress or whatever of a negative belief. So a simple example would be, if I if I have the negative belief of not lovable or unlovable, there are certain behaviours I do constantly to try and reassure myself that this isn't true or this isn't the case, and that might be people pleasing. It might there's all sorts of things we do. So in the soul level coaching that Julie and I do, we look at the behaviours because these behaviours cause you problems. They're not always bad, but in most cases they cause you problems if because you do them to excess and you do them without. You do them unconsciously. That's the problem. So you do these and you'll end up, you can end up with two behaviors that are actually contradicting each other and then you're in a right fine mess. So if I want to look at a certain behavior, what we do in so level coaching is then identify what that behavior is, identify the workaround, we call it. And, and then we go back and look at, well, what is the negative belief underneath this? Because in doing that, you just shuffle things out a little bit and then you can look at why you know just all sorts of examples of that negative belief how it shows up in your life that workaround and other workarounds also sort of come to light and just in examining these things with a gentle objective eye preferably with a bit of humor you can start loosening them off so it's not about trying to change them they do change in time it's more about um, awareness and through that awareness you pick up a lot more you have a lot more compassion for yourself and understanding why you're doing these things and then in time those behaviors should shift only when the negative belief so it's actually doing it from the grassroots rather than trying to force a change in behavior which we all know may work for a short period of time but never for very long which is interesting because I was thinking about that like um just that just popped into my head so I've just been with my sister for like 10 days so we've not spent time in physical company together probably since we were children for that long uh, and we got on brilliant it's fine like I said to her you're not worried about us getting on and she looked to be absolutely horrified and said no it never occurred to me I was like oh okay <laughs> so, uh, but I was a bit worried because I've only you know only ever go on holiday with Gary mm. it's fine but there was one time when the only time we did fall out was actually when we were under stress and that's just it like something had happened we were both a little bit scared a little bit rattled by it and we just, I mean it was just a bleh, argument but it, it wasn't anything mind-blowing or anything like that but it's interesting and that's the same thing as when you're trying to change your behaviors 
you know, you can keep everything under control. But as soon as you're under stress, as soon as something's not going, you know, all that just falls away. And that's why you want to change everything from the heart, as it were, because you cannot maintain an artificial persona or whatever when you're under stress. So I don't know if that's relevant. Anyway, so um, I am a complete vacant space at the moment. But Julia assures me she has a couple of things lined up to get the conversation started. Um, So so today today is the last episode for the month of October. So this will be the last time we look at the workaround behavior of bravery. And we're going to look at it through the lens of not feeling safe, secure, and protected. So it's interesting to me that you were talking about your, you and your sister being together. And then the only time that you fell out was when you were both under stress. So there's something in that about not feeling safe, secure, protected. That was the nub of the situation. I can describe it later was we didn't feel safe. Interesting. Okay. Oh, I, but you were, okay. That's cool. Okay. Well, yeah, we'll come back there. I'm like checking in with the guides and they're like, yeah, we'll come back to it. Okay. So I was, as I was worried, think not worrying. Isn't that funny? That was almost what I said, worrying about this. I wasn't worrying about this. I was pondering this episode um, in preparation for it. And I was thinking about, and in preparation, actually, I was listening to last week's or two weeks ago, because we had a break there because you were on holiday with your sister. And last week we were talking about, I think it was not lovable. No, I can't remember. Not good enough. I think it's not good enough. I think it's not lovable, not worthy, not good enough. Not safe. I'm all turned around too. And now I'm just going to confuse everybody anyway. So, but while we were, and I'm looking it up because it's so handy on my Apple podcast. Oh, not good enough. You're right. Um, so I was listening. I know fabulous Kate. I was looking. No, not that fabulous that you believed me, obviously. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, there's a whole trust thing in there. Okay. So I was listening to last week's or the last episode in preparation for this one. And I was wondering, okay, so bravery, and we talked a lot in the last episode that bravery, the definition that I had found in the American English dictionary.com was putting on a fine appearance. And then you and I talk about what does fine mean? What does that mean? And there, you know, we've got the nuances in the different types of English. Because yes, there are people, for those of you who may not be aware, well, I, see, that makes sense to me. That expression, a fine appearance, does, doesn't even now, doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, which makes, it makes sense to me that it doesn't make sense to you just because of how, like I was using an yeah, American English. Anyway, but this idea of putting on a brave face stuck with me as I was thinking about this week and bravery through the lens of not safe, secure and protected. So and I looked, I got, I had two examples and one was, I'm going to say what they are. One is shy sharpness, which I'm going to come back to and explain. And that's a dog behavior, by the way, which is how cool are the animals? Because part of our soul level animal communication is the animals teach us about ourselves in an effort for us to learn and grow and expand. So I thought about this shy sharp behavior that I've witnessed in dogs as well as in people, many people have shy, sharp behavior. Um, But then also this other example of being brave for me personally, when I, when I started to go through menopause and realized that stuff, something wasn't right. Several things weren't going right in my body or my body didn't feel like the body I had had clearly. 
um, and having a conversation with a doctor who basically ignored me and was actually embarrassed by what I had to say. So in both those situations, there's bravery, but they're different. They're different juxtapositions. So do you want, I can continue now unless you have a question. Okay. No, you so <laughs> you'll have to explain what shy sharp is. I will. I will. So I'm going to start with the hormone replacement or HRT, the hormone replacement therapy conversation and this bravery. So in this situation, I realized stuff wasn't, wasn't right. So I went to my normal doctor who was female and younger than me. And I explained to her all the symptoms I was having and the concerns I had. And I was actually a little scared too. Some of the symptoms caused me to really kind of be nervous, of course, because I always would think, oh my gosh, I've got cancer. So um, anyway, so I explained it to her in, in the U.S., I don't know how it is in, in, uh, in Scotland, but in the U.S., many times, if we're in a healthcare system, they're only allowed to talk with us for so long <laughs> and to expand, it get breaks into their profit, their line, their, their um, bottom line. So they get, they are nervous about how long they can spend. So I'm describing all of this and, and she's, her face is turning red and I, she doesn't nest, she starts kind of looking me in the eye and everything like that. And she's like, well, you're beginning to go through menopause. So I'm just going to prescribe or not. She didn't say, I'm just going to prescribe. That's my interpretation. I'm going to prescribe. And it was this pharmaceutical estrogen. And I didn't have any information about estrogen. I knew nothing. All I knew was that sometimes at one point they had impregnated female horses, mares, and they would use the urine and stuff like that and create premarin was the drug. And there was a whole animal cruelty thing that went around this. This was probably back in the 80s, maybe 90s. And I didn't know. And then also there's also linkages to some degree to estrogen and ovarian cancer. And she didn't explain any of this stuff to me. She's like, so here's a prescription. Just start taking this and you should feel better. And I was like, wait a minute. I don't understand anything about estrogen. I don't understand anything that you're talking to me about. And I'm actually not really comfortable do taking this. And she's like, no, no, you'll be fine. Just, you know, try. And she was done. She was out. So I felt like she was super embarrassed to talk to me. And I felt like she didn't want to give me any time. So I thought, and I didn't feel right about it. For me in that moment to express how I felt for me was brave because I didn't feel safe, secure, and protected. So I used bravery as a behavior to express my not safe, secure, and protected. And then I um, started, I never filled the prescription because actually when I went to go, when I asked the pharmacist how much it would cost, it was like 200 bucks and it wasn't for very much. And I'm like that, no, like there's no way. And so I just thought, well, that's just really silly. And I was really, I was really angry. I felt like I hadn't clearly been heard. It wasn't supported by any means. So here's my not safe, supported and protected, totally kicking up, right? However, I didn't give up. I kept, I asked different people if they knew of someone who could help in like another female doctor or something. And finally, a good friend of mine turned me on to a naturopath that I still to this day work with. She's in Anchorage and I still work with her. Um, and she took two hours and explained everything to me as far as the research. Here's the risks. Here's what we should do based on your, based on your blood work. Cause she had me do blood work before I came in. Here's what I see. Here's the mix. And we're just going to see how it goes and we're going to play with it. And I love this woman <laughs> because she took the time and made me feel safe. But me being brave and saying, this isn't going to be good for me. 
I don't feel comfortable. I'm not supported here. I'm going to go find someplace it is. When I know that in many other situations, I would have just accepted what was handed to me. So in this situation, bravery was a good, was a positive, I don't want to say good, but positive workaround to get me through that not feeling safe, supported and protected. Yeah. That's interesting. Yes. And, and that's it that we often forget that um, workarounds can be good things. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's it's really, they become a problem when um, they're not good. Yeah. Yeah. So do you want me to explain the other one? Yes. Okay. <laughs> just, to, just to comment on that though, that um um just just out of curiosity, mm -hmm. um, do you have to pay to see a naturopath then? In a way, it's or is it covered by insurance? Um, much of it is covered by insurance. Luckily, please don't change that. <laughs> I was just thinking because it is such a complex thing. I mean, I, I went through menopause when probably while I was having my breakdown so how many symptoms were down to having a breakdown how many symptoms were down to menopause I will never know all I know is that after my breakdown I was postmenopausal. so who knows what but um in Britain at least they just manage the symptoms there's no you know it's like because I I had sort of said to you know is there not more so it's like if you get hot flushes they manage the hot flush if you get this they might nobody looks at the the whole picture of what's going on but they do have websites and stuff like that that you can go away and look at I mean that was what they gave me was I think it's called menopause matters or something like that if I didn't learn anything oh, like yeah. that, I hadn't already found out myself but it is very much a yeah managing the symptoms right in the picture yeah yeah they, yeah it was really interesting to me that it was the first example was managing the symptoms the second example um, was managing the whole of me or not managing. I don't even want to use that word, but understanding, becoming aware of the whole of me and what makes sense for my body. And first, and I think it depends some natural, it depends on if they take insurance. My naturopath actually takes insurance, which is wonderful. And so far insurance hasn't turned it down. Now insurance will not cover the specific hormone therapy that I have to, that I have chosen to take, they won't cover it. So I have to pay for all this and it's not cheap. Um, so I feel super, it, it just drives me crazy. It, that's a whole thing. And we don't need to get into because it's going to make me mad. Well, we However, the other thing, the patriarchy, Julie, but will we, I don't know. Well, let's just say that's the patriarchy. Um, the, I will say that one place that Oprah has decided of late to shine her light is on menopause so she and some other leading I believe mostly female if not all female opinion or um what do they call those thought leaders um they're doing a whole thing on menopause and going through it and all that type of stuff which I'm like yes it's about time because no one talked to me about it my my generations of women before me never talked about it really I, I still have questions that I can't get answers from even though I google them you know, like HRT, I'm on HRT. Uh, it, it does does the body go through menopause at some point regardless? Like, does, it, does HRT just put it off? Or do you get to a point where your body stops producing? You know, it's like, these are the questions. It's almost like HRT has been created in the same way as antidepressants were to get people back to work. 
it's like there's no thought mm. for well is this actually some, something the body needs to go through and maybe women need the time and the space because eight you know menopause is probably manageable if you didn't have to hold down a well it'd be a little bit more manageable if you're not trying to hold down a job manage a family do you know if you were allowed to just go and live in a cave for a year you probably manage your symptoms of do you know what I mean it's I know there's a fine balance but yeah. like, nobody can tell me whether taking HRT you know that, that you get to a point where the body just the symptoms just stop because you're not I don't know or are you literally just putting off when you and I stop HRT do we then go through the physical symptoms no. So the way that I understand it in my experience is my doctor is constantly looking at my estrogen, testosterone, all these progesterone levels, and then me- matching um, compounded pharmaceuticals to help. The symptoms, yes, are allevi- alleviated. However, my body is. I've gone through menopause. I no longer have a menstrual cycle. I will not have a menstrual cycle when I come out of it. No, if I ever hot flushes again when they stop the estrogen because they have to stop it eventually. Yeah, and I don't. I they. But what happens is she's tailoring it, and so at some point, yes. However, there's more to for me personally. There were way more symptoms than just the hot flashes that I couldn't actually function as and it wasn't about productivity in this patriarchal world it's just more about being a human being I actually could not function so I had in, in a variety of different ways and so I so this helps me continue to function and at the same time they're finding and plus that part of it is our diet too some of our diet it now we actually don't get some of the things that we would have normally gotten as we aged had we still been our own foragers and our own hunters and whatnot. So there's a whole, there's a whole imbalance in this world. And yes, this helps a bit of it, but there's so much more to it. But our body, the way that I'm understanding it, the way that she's shown me the research is that um, yes, to some degree, we are manipulating things at the same time. We're also supplementing things that we should have gotten in other ways. And my body is still having a conversation about that offline because I'd be interested. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Okay. Shy Sharp and Bravery. So for those of you who aren't familiar with Shy Sharp behavior in dogs, this is um, when a dog is actually scared, insecure, nervous, and in an effort to not show you the scaredness or insecurity, they put on a brave face and they're very barky and growly and when actually they're really, really scared. So they're shy, which is the scared part, but they're sharp, meaning they'll, they'll threaten in an effort for you to stay away from me. Like you don't look here. I'm really super scared and insecure, but don't look at me, you know, you know, and they did an effort for you to like go, Oh my gosh, look at, he's scary. And he's going to, you're going to walk away. So that's shy, sharp behavior. Humans, I see shy, sharp behavior in humans all the time. I also have exhibited it as well, but it's an it's the um, a little different from the other example we had, where is if I'm safe, secure, and protected, or if I'm not feeling safe, secure, and protected, I'll put on a brave face so that you can't see it and hide behind it in that kind of a way. So that was, yeah, that was my other example. And do you think you've done that? 
you personally rather than a dog? <gasps> totally. Oh, totally. Anytime I don't feel many times when I don't feel like, particularly like with my husband, I, I know like in the past, it's actually, some of this has alleviated of late, but in the past, if I didn't feel like he was going to do something that would protect me, like if he wasn't going to, I don't know, like I'm trying to think of an example. Like if I didn't think he was going to um, get a certain amount of money for like a freelance job, because I do the accounting bit of it, then I would be, I would get like all on his case and like, you have to do this and you have to do this and you have to do this. And you. But really what I'm saying is I'm nervous. You're not going to, we're not going to have money to pay the bills. You need to do this. And, and this also kicks up a whole lot of other stuff that about money and me, but that's another topic anyway. So, but I would yell at him, rah, 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 you have to do this. You have to do this in an effort to not share with him excuse me, how nervous I am about our financial situation. And so the more that I realize, oh, look, anytime I yell at him about something that really isn't warranted, it's like, oh, wait, what am I actually feeling right now? And many times it's not safe, secure, and protected. Sometimes it's also not good enough. So when I, like, I have to think about what is it that I'm oh, I can see, I don't feel safe right now. I don't feel like we're going to have enough money to get through or I'm worried we're not going to pay the bills. Oh, I, okay. Then I can actually talk to him on a different, on that different level and resolve the issue together. But that takes a lot of, whew, that takes a lot of vulnerability. That's hard to do. That is hard to do. Yeah. So how does that, what does that bring up for you? Um. It feels familiar, but I can't put my finger on it. I don't know that I would do. I don't, not about money per se, but I, and it's more about um, a fear of something not going right for Gary. You know, that desire to, you need to do it this way, you need to do it this way, you need to, because you're worried that they're going to get hurt. Like I've done it in that situation when we all learn, actually just mind your own business. You know, it's like, if someone's not asking you for help, it's not given it, <laughs> you know, so it's not quite the same situation, but I, I do get quite, I can get quite pushy. I don't know about sharp, but mm -hmm. I find myself, you know, Oh, you must, you know, I feel like he's not describing enough to his boss he's not putting himself forward enough he's not saying enough but it's because I um he expects you know in my view in my privileged view of knowing everything it seems to me he's not being necessarily being completely honest with his boss his boss not getting a whole picture and therefore is not going to be as supportive as he could be you know because Gary expects people to read his mind because he doesn't like to in another workaround doesn't like to make a fuss doesn't yeah. like to ask for help doesn't like to ask for recognition you know that, that's that's a whole not, new other story and whereas I having been a manager myself I'm like you know if you don't tell your boss what's going on how can he give you what you need you can't mm -hmm. expect them to you know read your mind so from that yeah. sense I'm not sure it's the same thing but that that's certainly um being pushy because of my fear of something that's going to happen that he's not well I suppose it's me not feeling safe supported and protective on behalf of him <laughs> well 
And I think, does it trick? I was just going to ask you, does it, does him, does it, what does it trigger for you? Like what ramifications? Very, say what? I feel very defensive on his behalf, which actually gives me a physical effect of feeling defensive as if it's happening to me. Mm -hmm. You know, is there a ramification if Gary doesn't do what you're suggesting he do if he doesn't do that is there a ramification for you that leaves you feeling un unsafe unsupported and unprotected not really I'm not sure I could follow it through it basically means that he might be unhappy which obviously has its ramifications on me you know if if he because this is straying off the topic of it but like so many people including myself don't like to ask for recognition tell, tell myself I don't need recognition doesn't matter but basically get very hurt when I don't get it yeah it's, you know and and that for me to see somebody who feels that is one of my triggers to, to to witness someone feeling unappreciated because it's such a big theme in my world that really hurts me I'm beginning to think though Julie as we go through this that being such a sensitive and empathic person is ultimately all about us. It's nothing to do with the other person. <laughs> right. like, I can't witness your pain. It's nothing to do with you. It's like, I can't, I can't, you know, it hurts me too much to see you in pain. It hurts me too much to see the lambs limping. It hurts me too much to witness all of this. It becomes less and less. Of, I'm not saying I don't care about them, but it's actually all about me protecting myself from having to witness it. Yeah. I, you know, I can be, you know, as arsy as I like with Gary or whatever when he's, and when people are being not aggressive, but when they're getting at me. But when I see someone who's vulnerable and hurting, you know, that's horrible for me. Mm -hmm. You know, but we're, go we're going off topic here, but that's, yeah, that's how. Well, I, so when, so like, it's interesting you bring up the Gary situation because that will happen <laughs> with me. If I see like, Brad, if I see something coming at Brad, if you will, like not of car or anything, but like if I see something's going to happen, I get and I something that I believe is going to make him grumpy, irritable, a pain in the ass. Right. Because um, when he is, he's it's so hard to live with him. Love you, honey. But seriously, it's hard to deal with him when he gets that way, because he takes that he can take that insecurity and that grumpiness out on me not physically I just get he gets he snaps at me you know it's just stuff and I don't need to deal with the crap so if I see that something's gonna happen that could potentially happen I try everything I possibly can to maneuver him in an effort for him to feel okay so that then I end up being safe secure and protected it's exhausting it's exhausting does um, it ever work Julie Hell no, it doesn't, which is why like understanding like where it comes from. So, uh, so being brave to say, I see that this is what potentially could come. I don't necessarily, I, I'm just warning you, this is what I'll do now. I'm warning you that this is what I see happening when it happens. I don't want to be the one to take the fall because I always, you always yell at me and it's not me. I'm just the easiest one to take the, I'm the one that'll stay here despite you yelling at me, even though everybody else will go away. So, which I should go away, but that's another topic anyway. But yeah, so that I will try really hard to like, oh, that, no, it's going to be fine. That's yeah. something I, I've learned. And I, you know, we have these conversations, women generally patriarchy, 
you know how supportive we are of our husbands and our people and people around us now and yet you can't tell people and I, I what I witness more and more maybe you're the same is so because so many all everybody around me has children just not me and I'm like but you're doing the same thing with them you can't tell them what to do they're little people you're just pissing them off just stop it yeah. stop yeah. it just let them make, <laughs> you know and it's funny because I was such a um what's the word arsy child I wasn't an arsy child but I was so much my own personal despite my people pleasing I had very strong opinions of and that's no way you listen to and looking back I wouldn't have listened to you why why you know and I think of that and I think if if I was in a work situation I might take Gary's advice if it was something that was brand new to me and I had never experienced it but I'm not talking about those situations like you these are things that come up and go around and cycle and cycle and cycle and I think if Gary told me how to behave I'd be like oh well, yeah, all right. And then, you know, why do I expect him to take on board? You know, I'm giving him the benefit of, oh, I've been a, I've been a senior manager. Let Here, let me help you. He's like, yeah, whatever. And wants to keep talking, you know, and it's like, there's no point getting angry about that. I can offer my advice where I can say, I have some perspective from a senior management perspective, if you care to hear it. Other than that, I'm just going to shut up, you yeah. know, like you. I can see that, you, you know, occasionally I, I will lose my cool and go you know from your manager's perspective here's what I see that they they are seeing and you're not you're not seeing that either you're not seeing that actually it's your job to take it to your manager you know you think you think you're being brave and defending you know that is that safe support protective that that bravery thing that people take on more responsibility than they should um in order to maybe it's not but you know like he's taking responsibility Mm -hmm. for something that's not his job to do and I'm like yeah but your manager wants to know what's behind that you don't need to hide it from him it's not your job to do that people yeah. have to put on a brave face but not necessarily for not safe support to protect it probably not good enough in that well I feel like for me it's I might be if I did it for Brad when I used to do it for Brad it was actually probably not bravery but I could see that I could see now that if I were to do it now I'm like, well, you need to be brave and like me demonstrating bravery, but my my motive for demonstrating that bravery is because I actually don't feel safe, secure and protected knowing that if, if this falls out the way I think it's going to fall out, I'm going to be the one to get the, you know, the yelling at, if you were the snappiness, um, there was some, oh, I was going to ask, so I was curious about what you mentioned earlier about your sister, how was, you guys, there was actually yeah. two, I was thinking that as well. scenarios that we and we didn't fall out but we had words two scenarios both about not safe supported and protected I think well I don't know if that so the the big one was um so we were looking after somebody's animals and some of the chickens were like free-ranging most of the boys oh my god roosters oh my god they're a different world they're like little little um dinosaurs fucking unbelievable julia i was like i was really scared of them to begin with but they're really cute but they were adolescent probably just at an age where they would all start fighting so there was a rooster and then there were and she was like they're probably at an age where she's you know anyway um but um oh my god they're like compared to my gentle little fluffy things these are like they're like little monsters they're fascinating and there's so much energy in them and i realize now that actually well, I ended up really falling in love with them is because actually they remind me of Nyla and I'd forgotten that side of Nyla because she declined 
over the last few months than that personality went. But this like, hi, you know, because these boys were like, woof. <laughs> anyway, so there was, but. Oh, and Nyla, wait, let me interrupt you. Nyla is your hen who crossed over several months ago, right? Yes. 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 I so, lose track of time. Yes. So yeah. she, but her behavior got quite contained before she passed, but she was the one, she was like, yay, you know, always wanted to be in your face and everything. And um, so one of the hens, um, there was a little black hen that used to um, be free ranging outside. And then there was a little white hen who was the same breed as, as all these roosters. She'd taken the little hen, black hen out because obviously she was being squashed by these massive roosters. <laughs> so she was good. But the other one, would, you know, anyway, so they were out. And then there was a goose and there was the goats and then there was a dog and two cats and one of the cats is, is deaf. So, what, yes, she's fine. She does everything you want. But this dog showed up and then they, they had warned us, if this dog shows up, you need to ring these people and tell them to come and get it. What I didn't know is this is a dog that had killed two of her chickens, right? So this dog, lovely dog, very friendly, shows up and then we're like, what the fuck? Like, what do you do? You can't. So the dog was actually in the house, which was fine. So we shut it in the house. We had to get Gracie, the little white cat, make sure we got her into a bedroom and shut that off. Because obviously she, you don't realize how much they can't, if you can't hear, she's not hearing coming. We didn't know if he would chase her, frighten her and chase her. And that's how cats get killed. Um, goats were, you know, I had to get the chicken. It was just awful. And we just, we fell out at that point because like, <laughs> just you know, what do you do? So Stella had phoned them, they didn't answer their phone, they didn't answer, they didn't do their messages. So in the end, Stella walked it back, when she'd drawn a map, Stella walked it back to the house. And that, that and it stayed, um, and she said, oh, it's got food and water, that's fine, and it didn't follow her back. Then it happened the next day. And um, we walked it back together. And that there was nowhere to, there's nowhere to tie it up and there's no fence. So it just followed us home. And you're like, what? And then now you're like, what the Because oh, I just didn't know what yeah. to do with the goose and with it. So that's what that fear, that fear of being unsafe, that's when we fell out. And then, um, and that's just because um, it's just fear. There's just fear. I, I have not, there's, you know, what do you, what do you do? <laughs> Like, what's the solution? I mean, they did come and get her eventually, and we had a big conversation with them. And you know, and and I, I the, the other thing was about this hen being she was supposed to be kept in to lay an egg and then let her out, but they'd sort of said lunch time, which tells them it's twelve o'clock. And I'm like, yeah, but she's not getting fed because they didn't have, you know. So I'm starting to feel I'm probably feeling not good enough, but it's it's. Uh, it's about her care is she safe i'm feeling like can't keep her locked up Stella, because she doesn't have food like these are foraging animals they don't have pellets like we do so she give them wheat but i don't know if you can give unlimited wheat to you know it's, it's not so we should have asked the questions at the time but actually when Stella looked at she, she's been a couple of times but the situation was different so she didn't you know so, but I'm thinking, oh my God, well, you know, somebody who doesn't know about chickens may not realize that chickens need to eat all day. You can't lock them up all day and then let them out and they'll eat what they need in a couple of hours. They haven't, they need to graze. So I'm getting worried about that. And we fell out at that point because actually I should have, I'm then thinking, you don't feel safe questioning the owner. Whereas my concern is I'm more concerned about the the, the animal. So there was a bit about that. 
and it all worked out in the end but it but that was definitely so for me I don't care at that point what the owner's going to think of me that's my bravery because it's not safe support and protected for me when it involves somebody else like an mm. animal I don't give a fuck what you think of me I'm going to ask that question Stella's mm. trying to mediate like well you know we can't question how she keeps her animals I'm like yes but it's I don't think she's doing this intentionally it's just she hadn't given us all the information and it turned out later that it hadn't she had meant for us to let it out but she hadn't said that and she hadn't yeah. given us you know so that, that that's where we have argy-bargy was because my bravery is like well I don't need I you know I don't care if you're worried about upsetting anybody because this is I need to you know that that so those are the two things and those are the only times that we had a little bit of words but it all worked out in the end and everybody's fine and everyone's survived and the dog is lovely and and uh, the hens are all alive so everybody's happy and you were in France and it was beautiful and you had time with your sister and unbelievable weather as well in October it was scorchio I mean it was hot it's completely unexpected so I ran out of clothes within two or three days because we're all like sweating (laughs) all my all my Scottish jumpers (laughs) um (laughs) And then it rained a little bit, but not a lot. It was just beautiful, beautiful. It was mm. really nice. And it was really nice to be with my sister for that time. Nice. Yeah, lovely. Cool. Awesome. Well, I think we're at a really good stopping point for this week and this month of bravery, looking through the different um, negative beliefs. So we next week will be back with a brand new episode in a brand new month and next month we're going to talk about people pleasing right as a workaround behavior as it relates to the four negative beliefs of not good enough not worthy not lovable not safe secure and protected probably not in that order i can't remember what the order is so we'll see but Anyways, just know that next month, every week, we're going to walk through uh, bravery, polite, uh, people pleasing through one of those. And that's how we're going to work through. But we'd love to hear how any of this resonates with any of you. And we'd love to hear if you have any questions or thoughts or concerns. So please feel free to leave a comment. Please feel free to send us an email. Um, Our contact information is in our link tree. And however you feel like you're more comfortable to be able to, to, to share something with us, if you'd like to, or if you have a question you want us to bring up on camera, we'd be happy to do that on air, on microphone, whatever platform you're using. Um, yeah. And I think other than that, any other parting words, Kate? Or did that? No, I don't so? think so. Okay, cool. Well, thank you so much for being here, everybody. We are making light to humans being. I'm Julie here with me as always is Kate Fogo, and we will see, hear you. However, next week, take really good care of yourselves in the meantime.